Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham. Scott is alongside, as always, hello, Scott. Sean, hello. How do you do today, sir? Well, uh, I gotta be honest, it's been a good day. Uh, football's back. It's with Sunday that we're recording this. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I watched football all day, so that was pretty fun. All right, there you go. So, uh, <laughs> so yes, yeah, so we're recording this Sunday. It's coming out, uh, we think we're gonna drop it Wednesday this week. So, the World Cup is started. Uh, mm-hmm. First games are done. The first day should be over. As you listen to this, if you're listening to it when we release it, we'll be back next week to fully recap that event and how it goes over in China. This week, we do want to wrap up what happened over the weekend before we get into what we want to talk about for the, the episode proper. A couple of events with some big-name teams going on across the country. Last week, we only mentioned the two cells in Oakville, but there was also an event in the West this Weekend, the shootout. The Stu Cells is in Oakville this weekend. There was another spiel in Oakville last week. No, I know. When I said we were looking forward to this weekend. Oh, right, right. We right. only mentioned the Stu Cells. We didn't mention the shootout. The well, Sean, if I was confused, I'm sure somebody else was. So Okay, no, that's, that's cool. <laughs> um, uh, so the Stu Cells uh, has wrapped up in Oakville. Pretty big events out there in Oakville this year, as it is every year. And let's start on the women's side of it, where we have Carrie Anderson continuing her hot start to the season, Scotty. Yeah, new team Anderson there, uh, really rolling uh, to start the season. Comes up with a big win against uh, new-look team Tiranzoni, who made the final uh, this afternoon. It was a tough day uh, for these teams. I'm looking at the schedule. It was three, three games today, and... Oh boy, that's uh, that's tough for anyone. I mean, <laughs> you're turning around back to back to back, and it's uh, yeah, it's just pretty tough. So uh, good on them for coming through. Uh, mm-hmm. What sort of uh, competition did they face there in the playoffs, Sean? So it was a pretty good field here out at the Stu Cells there in Oakville. They beat Sylvana Tiranzoni in the final, the new look team there from Switzerland. Yes, because they of course picked up. Um, the other skip, the other, or one of the other very good Swedish or Swiss Swiss. skips, geez, we're all over the place here. (laughs) Um, in Alina Pats, who comes in and Alina Pats is throwing fourth for this team while Sylvana Tiranzoni is skipping. So that's that new lineup there and a good weekend for them to come through and make it into the finals. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, uh, so looking at some of the rest of the competition, Anderson played Jackie Harrison in the quarters, Suzanne Burt uh, in a spiel in the semis, and then as we mentioned, Tiranzoni. Tiranzoni came through Julie Tippin and uh, Isabella Rana from uh, Sweden. Yeah, so some other teams in this field that made the playoffs, Jacqueline Harrison made the playoffs, uh, Binia Felcher made the playoffs, uh, Darcy Robertson is at the playoffs, the Japanese team, Yoshimura who had the big weekend last week, uh, also got in there. Joanne Rizzo, her new team. Uh, of course, she played with Sherry Madoff for all those years. Uh, so a, a pretty good field there. 
but maybe not quite as strong as it could have been. We'll talk about why in a few minutes, but uh, certainly a good weekend for Carrie Anderson. As we mentioned, she won last weekend as well. So this new team, this all-skip team, which we were very skeptical when they put it together, is two for two out of the gate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We were definitely skeptical. I think uh, maybe me more than anyone else, but... Yeah, look at like the results don't lie, Sean. They're uh, they're on fire. Yeah, so they've had a, a really good start over on the men's side. Perhaps a little surprising here in terms of what ends up happening in the final. You have Yannick Schwaller, Schwaller, Schwaller making the uh, the final and winning uh, this Swiss team, uh, sort of Swiss team B, if you will, coming through making the final and beating Wayne Tuck, who we know primarily as a mixed doubles player. And his team has a really good weekend here in Oakville to make the final. And they end up losing 8-3 to three in the final. Yeah, Wayne Tuck, they had a, a, a real magical run here, I'd say. Uh, they beat John Epping in the semifinal to get there. Uh, they beat Russ Howard earlier in the week. Uh, beat Tanner Horgan, so I mean a really good week for for Wayne Tuck. Some good uh, money and points there for them. Uh, playing out of Strathroy and uh, Team Schwaller, as we mentioned. Uh, holy cow, good uh, good on them. They beat uh, a lot of good teams here along the way. Uh, Tanner Horgan, obviously uh, Wayne Tuck. Uh, they beat Alexei Timofeev was is the Russian uh, champion yep. who uh, who was there. At the Worlds last year, and uh, yeah, I mean, good on them for for a good showing. Yeah, a really good team. Charlie Thomas in this field as well. Uh, You had an American team from New York, uh, Andrew Stopera and his team. Looks like a junior team coming in playing there. Matt Uh, Matt Dunstone's team. Matt Dunstone's in the field. Kirk Myers Myers, is in the field. You also had the uh, another uh, Swiss team, Jan Hess and his team were there uh, as well so uh and it seems scott dunham's team from pennsylvania coming up looks like another junior team so uh a really a mixed field there for these two cells on the men's side uh, if you looked at that field i don't think either of us would have come up with a schwaller talk final going into the week i don't think anybody would have shot no but, but uh, uh but really good and, and if you if anyone had a chance on twitter we retweeted it but curling zone did post wayne tuck had to draw the forefoot on the last rock in that semifinal game, just sort of rubbed off the other stone and, and got enough of the forefoot. So a, a pretty big draw there mm-hmm. uh, early in the season for Wayne Tuck. And uh, again, you don't wouldn't expect this team to really go forward in terms of being a threat to make the briar or anything like that. Of course, you never know. But for Wayne Tuck, getting off to a good start, having draw weight, that kind of stuff is good for him on the mixed double side which is probably where his strength is. And uh, so a good start there for, for Wayne Tuck. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's pretty great. And like we talked about when we previewed the schedules, uh, seeing some of these teams come through and, and do pretty well. Matt Dunstone made the playoffs. Uh, uh, we see Tanner Horgan's team making the playoffs. That's kind of cool to see a young team getting going. So, yeah, I mean, uh, early in the season get some curling competition, and we've got something to talk about. It's pretty fun. Yeah, so actual competitions to uh, to look into. And then the, the other event that happened this past weekend, the HDF Insurance Shootout playing out there uh, on the West Coast. 
uh, playing in, where are they playing? Oh, it's in Edmonton. Playing sure. in Edmonton. West Coast, right? Yeah. Well, it's west of here. <laughs> Mount, so, mountainous, uh, mountainous Edmonton. Yeah, so uh, so the, the event out there in Edmonton, really good teams playing in that event this weekend as well. Casey Scheidegger was in this field. Uh, who else we got in this field, Scotty? Um, we should mention that this is a women's only event. Uh, yes. We had Sherry Anderson's team, Kelsey Rock, uh, Robin Silvernagle from uh, Saskatchewan, Alina Kovaleva, uh, Chelsea Carey's team was in this too. So uh, not a bad field, like more of yeah. a Western focused field, uh, whereas the Stu Cells is a little more Eastern focused. Right, which is I think why you see sort of the, the men's field at the Stu Cells maybe a little stronger overall than the women's field because here you don't have teams from the West coming to play in the stew cells on the women's side, whereas you had Dunstone, uh, Myers, and, and those teams that if there was an event out in Edmonton, they probably would have gone there instead. So yeah, yeah, you're right. on the women's side, you have some top teams over here. And, uh, and yeah, Allie Flaxy's in this field Laura as Walker's well. Team. Laura Walker's team, yeah. uh, although I'm sure Laura Walker is not playing on that team. I'm sure uh, she's in, uh, China, in, already. in China already. Uh, but... Uh, an interesting final with Alina Kovaleva, uh, the Russian team, playing against Casey Scheidegger. Yeah, is that game finished yet, Sean? Yeah, so it is final. So uh, a big win early in the season for Casey Scheidegger oh. and her team getting off to a good start for them, hopefully building some momentum as they uh, are going to have a tough test in Alberta this year to, to try and get out of the province. So getting off the season to a good start. Way to go. So that's what happened this past weekend in the world of curling. Now, here in Ottawa, in the nation's capital, ice is going down as it is at clubs all across the country and certainly in the United States as well. Some clubs have started, especially those clubs that play on hockey ice have already got draws going. One of the things that is interesting that that we thought would be fun to talk about was what types of shots for club curlers are the the easiest and the hardest types of shots to make because when you watch on TV, these players are so skilled that they can make almost anything look easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the club level, not so much. And especially if you're skipping, one of the things that's really important, I think, is sometimes the strategic call might be the right call for the strategy, but might be the wrong call because the types of shot that it is. Because the person throwing isn't capable, maybe, of throwing that shot. Right, or doesn't have the confidence to make that shot. Whatever it is, you know, the only really wrong call, right, is the shot that you know you're not going to make. So if it's not maybe the best shot for strategy, if the person's going to make it, it still could be better than a miss the other way. So we thought we would take a few minutes here, Scotty, talk about the easiest and hardest shots to make for the club curler. Okay, so do you want to start, Sean? Do you want to go by position, or do you just want to go with... Let's just go general, general shots. shots. Yeah, so uh, so for me, in terms of the easiest shot to make, I would say, for, for the, the club player, it's got to be the takeout. You think, eh? I do. I think a, uh, a sort of a normal to controlish weight takeout take is the easiest. And I say that because... It's the one at the club level that doesn't take as much weight control as anything else. Right. That 
you can throw it a little harder, you can throw it a little softer, and the club level, the curl on hits, at least in the clubs that I've played in, isn't as dependent as on the weight on a draw or a guard or, or anything like that. So I think that sort of normal weightish takeout and for the most part in my experience club curlers particularly newer curlers have a tendency to overthrow it anyway yeah so to have a hit that might be the easiest yeah you're not wrong plus the houses aren't that lively so your margin of error is a little bit higher at a curling club Mm -hmm. Uh, and if you've been playing for long enough that you you know your balance is pretty good you're close to the broom i'd say you're right that yeah a hit if you're close to the broom and you don't play with the handle should be fine yeah especially if it's a wide open hit and you don't have a visual distraction yeah like even yeah. like if you're playing a shot that's like edge to edge so or even a little space yeah it's not necessarily difficult but having a visual something can be distracting sometimes for certain players yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and so having just a wide open hit you just go you throw it pretty easy pretty easy yeah you're right so i'm gonna flip that a little bit on you okay and i'm gonna say one of the hardest shots to make in a curling club at the curling club level is the peel in the eighth end yes uh yes yeah. so i think if the goal is to just take out the other team's stone easy easy when you start to worry about what the shooter is doing, <laughs> it becomes a lot harder at the club level. Peels yeah. at the club level are extremely difficult. Yeah, for because it, it it's this sort of consistency that not every player has, uh, and and so uh, it, once you get into that, uh, you know, maybe one person can throw one peel, and then you're like, oh, I'm the greatest player of all time, and try to throw another one, dump it out, and yeah. flash or nose or or something like that and the sweeping at the club level isn't isn't as good so it makes keeping that rock right on the edge a little bit harder yeah for sure and the other thing too is like i would say i've seen more nose hits on peels at curling clubs in my life than i have seen people flash them because there is just a tendency to either crank it a bit or not give uh, enough ice yeah because you're used to on tv you just put it right where they want to hit it yeah. but at a curling club generally speaking you can't quite do that so that's happened a lot i know strategically a few times i've had ones where uh i've had a stone that would be behind a corner on say the right side of the rings but i would put up corner guards on the left side knowing that they were going to peel hoping that they would <laughs> we could get a jam uh, or something yeah uh and that's happened Uh, And it's been successful for me. So, yeah, peels are extraordinarily difficult. And uh, it's it's really hard, too. Like, are you going to roll the short way out, the long way out? What are you going to do? As you said, um, houses aren't as lively, but really just the The ice ice in general just isn't very lively at a curling club. So A lot of people don't throw enough rotation. It makes the rolling out harder. Yep. I do remember we played a game last year, though, where we managed to peel seven rocks in a row, I think, and it was... It was like the greatest accomplishment of our team, you know? <laughs> yeah. We were like, holy cow, how did we do this? Uh, we managed to win the game, run them out of stones, whatever. So uh, it's possible, but based on our reaction and knowing how much, uh, how proud we were of that accomplishment, it is quite difficult. It's very rare for that to happen and to be successful Yeah, <laughs> at that level. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that frequently, when you're trying to run another team, 
out of stone. So I would say, yeah, Peel's very, very difficult. Uh, an, an easy shot that I think, I something I think is pretty easy, is uh, uh, an open draw to the house. Okay. Uh, if you're playing it, you're skipping, and you've already got one point, all you have to do is put it in the paint, and there's nothing in front. To me, that's really easy. Okay. Uh, I, I don't tend to miss those. Uh, I think if somebody would miss those at the club, it tends to be heavy. Yes. Uh, and not letting your sweepers get involved is, is the way that I've seen it missed more often. Yep. There are times when uh, you pull the string and your sweepers pound it the whole way and they're light. And as a sweeper, that's super frustrating. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it can but, be. But uh, to me, that's an easy shot. Do you think that's easy? It depends. I, I think it depends when it is in the game and uh, who's throwing it. If you're an inexperienced skip, it's very hard, I think. Just Even open? Yeah. All you have to do is hit the paint? Yeah, I think it's hard to do because you're the last one, right? It's a very different experience throwing last than throwing first, second, or third because you know people behind you pick it up. Like This well, is sure. the end of the end, potentially the end of the game, and... You have to learn how to do that. It's it's not just the mechanics of throwing the rock. It's also the situational pressure of that. Well, you sound like you're arguing like the position of closer in baseball is super important. It you get three outs, you get three outs. You can if you can draw in the third end, you can draw in the eighth end. But it's a different circumstance. The, well, sure, the surroundings it, are different. But everything in internally, everything you can control is the same. Yes, but your mind doesn't always work that way. I actually, uh, I actually had the opportunity at the Canadian Curling Trials last year mm-hmm. after one of the draws. I think it was an extra end when John Morris was playing. I, I don't even know who. And they had. Uh, oh, it was Jim Cotter. Jim right? Cotter yeah. was throwing last, and Jim Cotter had a draw to the forefoot at least, if not a piece of the button, to win the game. And by that point. Extra end, only game left on the ice. Yeah. Uh, building relatively still full. And he just gets in the hack and throws it and makes the shot. Boom. So I was down in the press area and I, I pulled him aside and talked to him about the shot. And then I asked him, I said, how do you focus in in that moment? Right? Like if you're a young player or a club player, what would you tell them to do? And he said, the ability to throw that shot only comes through experience. That mm-hmm. you have to do it. <laughs> And learn how to control the emotion of it, okay, uh, or sure. the, the it, pressure of it. And you're in a you're in a fifteen sixteen thousand seat arena, sure. But at the curling club on Thursday night, whatever, you should be able to. No, you should. Okay, but like you also, if you've never done it before, right? I know for me, when I skip, I feel I feel bad when I miss more so than when I miss and I'm not the skip. Like I really do, yeah, yeah, that's because fair. I feel like I'm letting down the other players, uh, and that you know the win or the loss, you know, I, I when we win, I'm like, okay, great, we won, but like when we lose, I'm like, oh, I blew it, right, right, like it was my fault, yeah, yeah. But yeah. when we win, I don't feel as like, like, oh, hey, I won the game, <laughs> like, but when we lose, I, f- I feel this personal responsibility for it, and when I'm getting in the hack to throw a rock, yeah. Uh, especially when it's the last rock at the end, I, that goes through my mind sometimes. Okay, so to me, I I get more annoyed at myself for missing that kind of shot than I do for missing uh, basically anything else. I think, if I'm skipping, I think that's the easiest shot 
and I think my team's done a good job of keeping things open for me, I should be able to make that. So when I don't make it, I'm harder on myself uh, right. for that. So, uh, and it's funny you say that because when I skip like our team or team at the men's field or anything, yep. when we win, I think it's because of me, <laughs> <laughs> which is maybe a jerky thing to think. But, uh, <laughs> eh. uh, but when I, when we lose, I also think it's because of me. Right. So, okay. Yeah. So what yeah. do we even do? What do you need the three of us for then? <laughs> Just go play the damn game by yourself. Like, you know, like what do you even? Uh, I, I need you guys to drink with me, that. otherwise it'd be sad. <laughs> um, okay, so so I guess we're we're mixed on a little that. split opinion on that one. Okay, so you okay. got another shot. So for me, I think now this is maybe because I played lead all last year. Uh, I think guards are. Uh, somehow simultaneously very easy and very hard. I agree. I agree on that. <laughs> like I think, uh, I, I think weight control on guards should be easy yeah. if you're the lead. Yeah, you should have that in your back pocket uh, going like through the season for sure. Um, the line stuff bec- that's where it becomes hard, especially if you're trying to guard something that's already there. Yes, trying to guard a stone that's already in play. On club ice is... Is extraordinarily difficult, I think. Yeah, and I I agree with you in the sense that the first draw, or the first guard that you throw up in end number one... That's a that's a crapshoot, and but it's it's also an easy shot because there's no pressure. Because if you hog it, you say, "Oh, weird, ice is slow," and uh, right. But but, I mean, like I I don't know anyone who's who's ever played like a late draw. Like if you played, if you're at a club that has like a five seven nine, you play that nine o'clock draw. You never know. First rock, like who knows where it's going? It's like a fifty percent. Yeah, it fits even in at best. Yeah, and then but then throwing that uh, center guard. As the team without the hammer in the eighth end of a tie game or in an extra end, that's really, really difficult. I don't know. I Because I, I don't think the line matters quite as much there as, again, when you're but, trying to guard something. Sure, but making sure that you have two guards that are far enough apart. Yeah. That, that like, you don't want one halfway, your first one, and then you're like, where am I supposed to put my second? Right. Uh, that sort of... That sort of thing, I think, is a pretty hard shot. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it can be. I like trying to put the long one first. Yeah, um, and then come around. And come try one. to come around it. Yeah, I find that a little easier just in terms of the sequencing of it. But yeah, it, it's one of those things where I, I think too often people are like, oh, the worst player is the lead, which in the club level, let's be honest, is usually true. Mm-hmm. But it also gives off the impression that, one, the, the lead stones don't matter, which, let's be honest, at the club level, oftentimes they kind of don't. But uh, it also True. implies that that's it. they're always easy shots, which they're not. They're not always easy. They're they're often you know they're they're mostly draws. So you get a chance to repeat and do the same thing. Yeah. And sort of get better through repetition. Yeah. And it's low pressure usually. It, yeah, it's lower pressure, except in this instance where you know the. The second guard slips in the house and your team loses because right. But that. even so, like we we talked about how hard it is to peel. That even yeah, even, even if you miss, the, at like the at, level, at the club yeah. level, you can still sort of get a break and people will give you the opportunity <laughs> to to come back. And it's really not that major of an issue. Exactly. Exactly. So then, I, I think overall, uh, for me, the hardest shot in curling at any level is a freeze a freeze gotta be a freeze gotta be the freeze that's what i was thinking you were gonna say 
and you said it. I That's, sure did. The, the difficulty with the freeze is that it encompasses all aspects of a shot, right? Uh, the weight has to be perfect. The line has to be perfect. The communication has to be pretty much perfect between the sweepers and the skip. So you've got the thrower has to be perfect, the sweepers have to be perfect, and the skip has to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Which is what makes it so so difficult. Yeah. The thing I would say, though, at the club level, freezes might be a hair easier than sort of at the, the elite level. Because at the elite level, if you're a centimeter off, yeah, they'll um, just they can, they can just blow it up. And even if it's perfect, the way the ice is now, a lot of times people can just blow yeah. it up. Yeah. Whereas at the club level, if you're even an inch or two off, it's pretty it, good. It, it can still be hard to get rid of. Sure. So, or you can have a little tap, and even with a little separation, you can be pretty good on that. Mm-hmm. So, at the the club level, getting it there can be hard, but you have more margin for error than you do at the elite level. Agreed, for sure, for sure. Uh, that's one of those things where I think, for me anyway, I often think, well, I could be a little bit heavy. It's not a big deal. Right. Uh, so I often miss freezes by bumping it a little too far, which, depending on the situation, is usually okay. Uh, there are some times, for sure, when I think, okay, well, I'd rather be light uh, and not give them a chance to score two or by rolling off or something like that. Right. But uh, to me, the freeze, yeah, the freeze is always really, really difficult. It's, uh, it's not for the faint of heart, shall we say. No, you got to be pretty precise on it. you got to be in the zone to throw that shot and then i guess the the only other shot that i can think of um just in general but also for the purpose of this discussion i really like playing like back line weight yeah (laughs) shots sort of tap type shots uh maneuver rocks around and what i like about that at the club level too is that the the precision isn't as 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 much an issue as it is at the elite level so if you can put stones towards the back of the house, mm. especially if you're trying to steal or come back in a game, if you can tap without taking stones out, they can really play to your advantage. Yeah. Whereas, you know, at the elite level, they can throw it so hard that if it jams, it'll still usually roll out unless you really get it right mm-hmm. on the on the beak. But at the club level, people don't throw it that hard. The, the houses aren't as lively as we talked about. So if you can play those little tap backs, they can be really effective for you if you're trying to come back in a game. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Keeping that junk around at the back, you know, letting rocks collect uh, can be dangerous, you know. It, it can be. Uh, but, yeah, if you're trying to come back, absolutely it's a good strategy. Yeah, you always have an out there in that way. Yeah, yeah. And I had one more shot that I wanted to talk about, Sean, for me. Yeah. And that's got to be uh, maybe my favorite shot to throw. It's got to be the double takeout. At a, oh, at a club oh, level, Sean, the double takeout is that's hard. really, really difficult. The angles have to be just right. And uh, anytime I see what looks to be a double opportunity uh, from the other end, I'll always yell, hey, is a double there? Or, <laughs> always. You always do that. <laughs> can we throw the double? And I'd say I make it like, I don't know, a quarter of the time. But it's always fun to try. Uh, it's, it's, it's my favorite shot to throw. Uh, because it can be so exciting. You throw it so hard. Uh, I remember I was playing in a, a bond spiel somewhere when I was a junior, I think. And our team had no business being in the game at all. But I saw this super thin double. It was like I had to hit maybe like an eighth of the rock or less and stick my shooter on the other one. Right. 
in order to go to an extra end or something. Yeah. And I was like, well, why don't, why don't we try it? Who cares? <laughs> and I threw it and we made it. And it was like, it was so great. It was like, <laughs> holy cow, I can't believe that happened. So it was really exciting, fun shot. They're cool to see. Uh, there's lots going on. So those are my favorites. Yeah, and rare, I just said, rare at the club level for yeah. a variety of reasons. People, you don't throw it as hard. La- houses aren't as lively. Uh, stones aren't as lively. Uh, you got to be yeah. very precise on where you hit them often. So it's it's rare, uh, especially sort of that traditional one where you hit like half a stone and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. roll over. The the straight back ones I find a little more common You're right. uh, at the club level than, than maybe even at the elite level because you can just sort of, you're just hitting one stone. Yeah. Um, so those can be a, a little more common. But yeah, it's, it's fun when you make them. So I guess, yeah, when you have a shot that if you have that type of reaction to it when you make the shot, it would speak to... The level of difficulty exactly in, in this the shot so yeah. if we had to rank these scotty where how would we how would you rank them in terms of uh let's say from the easiest to the hardest of the ones we've talked about i would say the hardest uh, for me is the freeze okay even though i said to go from the easiest to the hardest okay let's go the other way no that's, no that's fine because i can't remember them all okay this is the real reason okay. so i'm gonna say the freeze to me is the hardest okay uh next i would say Maybe the peel. Maybe the open peel. Okay. That's, uh, that's pretty tough. Okay. Then guard. Okay. What other ones did we talk we about? We talked about the draw, tap, uh, open takeout. The, the tap. Maybe I'd put the tap before the guard. Okay. And then I would put, uh, so I have the guard. Yeah. <laughs> should, I should have written this Yeah, down. you really should have. <laughs> Um, and then the draw for the win to hit the, hit the house and then the open takeout. Okay. I'm just going to say my hardest and my easiest. Uh, I think the hardest is to guard a guard. I really do. Guard a guard. Um, okay. Uh, or, or guard a guard, an actual stone. Right. I forgot we talked about that one. Putting, putting a guard in just sort of a general space might be the easiest, but, um, maybe, but I think guarding a stone might be the hardest thing to do to get it like perfectly right in front might be the hardest thing to do and i i would say that the open takeout would be the easiest shot to make for the club level player yeah i agree open takeout piece of cake yeah so uh so there you go those are our shots that we uh think are the hardest and the easiest now that we've said that scott i better not miss any open takeouts eh? whole season oh, of missed geez. open takeouts is what we've uh Signed ourselves uh, up I'm gonna for be playing with the handle, just dumping it out. It, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm moving to second. I'm still gonna play lead on our team, but I'm playing on another team this year where I'm gonna <gasps> be playing second. Oh my god! So hopefully I'll have a lot of hits. And uh, last year on the rare occasions when I had hits in the lead position, I was told that I was overthrowing them a lot because I was so excited to you, you not, got really not excited. be throwing a guard, and I would just whip it down almost as hard as I could. I did make one run double, though. Yeah. Um, so that was fun. Yeah, those are always fun, right? Like <laughs> yeah, I said. And, but that was when we were only three, and it was, I think, my third shot of the end. So it was really <laughs> in the second uh, position. But yeah, we've set, set ourselves up now, Scotty, for a full season of missed open hits. Dang, dang. Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, uh, hopefully we can, we can do it. And if any of our listeners have... Uh, some of their hardest or easiest shots or favorite shots to throw. Yeah, let us know. I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, let us know uh, if we're way off or if your experience does not mesh with ours in terms of what's easy, hard, 
at the club level. And if you would like to do that, you can email the show, gameofstonespodcast at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are at gameofstonespod. Scott is at scottlikestv. I am at Dr. Shawnee Fever. And we'll be back next week. We'll recap the Curling World Cup. Enjoy it. Uh, have fun with it. Uh, available on the YouTube World Curling channel. Some select games. Didn't see any announcement as to whether or not Kim Tuck's going to be on it. By the time you listen to this, we'll know if Kim Tuck's doing it. Hopefully she is because she's really good uh, at calling these games. But we'll see who they get on the call there and whether or not they actually are going to have people on site in China doing it or doing it from studios remotely. We'll see how that all plays out. But do enjoy that first real major event of the season. So we'll be back next week to do a full recap of that event and how the Canadian teams did as well as the rest of the field. So, until we talk to you then, keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern.